Alright everybody, welcome back to another episode of This Week in Finance, a podcast by Financial Friends. If you are new to Financial Friends, this is a community of people who love business, finance, and investing related content, and I am here to produce all of that for you and to help engage in conversation, build community, and really just unlock everyone's financial potential. So thank you so much for joining me on this episode of This Week in Finance, where we cover all of the news surrounding business, investing, and finance that's went on in the past week. Now, you might notice by the top right of my screen that it's a little bit earlier than the episodes I normally do. I normally film Thursday to Thursday. That's just what works best with my schedule, but I am filming this on a Tuesday. So this is a shortened week of news. I'm going to try to keep everyone up to date on news on my Instagram. So you can go ahead and follow right here. It is at FinFriendsYT. You can catch it in the description of this YouTube video, and it should also be in the description of whatever podcast platform you might be listening to if you're listening there. Now, you'll also see the videos over on the left. That's because I've been gearing up for my vacation, and that's why I say I'll try to keep everyone up to date on news on my Instagram page because I'm not going to have access to film videos while I'm on vacation, and you have already have noticed um, that I was on vacation, and I guess by the time this comes out, it'll be Sunday, so that'll already be over, but hopefully you were able to catch some of that news on my Instagram. If not, I'm posting news over there all the time as well, so go ahead, follow it anyways, but We're going to go ahead. We're going to dive right into this. Like I said, it's a shortened week of news. So this is from last Thursday up until this Tuesday. But I have uh, some really quality stories, actually. Some stories on Tom Brady, uh, SoFi, Marvel, and Disney. Ironically enough, we're headed there soon. So that's pretty pretty cool. We also have Peloton news and Ford news. Well, Ford and Rivian news. So like I said, stick around, sit back, relax, grab some popcorn, listen to this episode, or... Finish your workout, finish your walk, finish your drive, whatever you might be doing uh, listening to this. Kick back and relax. And first things first, um, like I said, it's been a wild, wild week. I'm going to go ahead and dive into the markets, the public markets, kind of my thoughts on everything that's going on right now. There's a lot going on out there. We have inflation. We have supply chain concerns. It is wild, right? Very, very wild. So Today, just today, you could see the Dow Jones, S&P, and NASDAQ behind me, but the industrial average was down 0.26%. Both other indices were up, S&P up 0.25%, and the composite for the NASDAQ up 0.98%. If you take the NASDAQ 100, that's up 1.3%. So very clearly through all of what's going on, we know that inflation is running extremely, extremely high. Um, and it's starting to eat away at the consumer very, very slowly, right? We have some companies' earnings coming out mentioning that they foresee this being a problem. It hasn't been a problem in the past. Maybe it was a little bit of a problem towards the tail end of Q or uh, Q1 there for them. But if it sticks around, if it continues to happen, we're going to see it hit companies. Now, some companies that do have pricing power, Procter & Gamble and others, um, have kind of insulated themselves from having to raise prices on consumers during a potential recession. I put that in air quotes because we're not even sure if it's going to happen. Um, but companies like that have pre-priced in these hikes. That way they're not shocking consumers um, at the sticker when they realize that the price has increased over time. Obviously, gasoline, oil, different things like this, we can't necessarily control directly um, at the pump like we can at the sticker price at a grocery store or something like that. But companies are already thinking about this. We also have supply chains that are going to start to affect companies. We have the consumer very, very strong right now. They still have cash. They're still buying 
companies are reporting that the, the consumer is able to absorb some of this cost. So really, it's just, can we continue to feed demand without having to raise prices too high? And at the at this point, it doesn't look like companies can keep up. They want to feed into the demand from the consumer, but they just can't because of supply chain concerns. Um, and they're also going to start to lose a little bit of profitability uh, depending on if they raise their prices or not, or if they absorb some of that cost. Now, I do agree with Meet Kevin's kind of philosophy or idea on everything that's happening with the market. He seems to assume that we're going to look back at this in a little while and go, wow, we were already in the recession. This was already the lows. I mean, we are seeing the markets just get destroyed. You could see over the five day, the industrial average down um, 2.92%, S&P down 4%, composite of the NASDAQ down nearly 7%. And then year to date, it's even worse. Um, or the 52 week, I guess I should say. 11.5% down on the industrial average, the S&P 500 down 16%, and then basically 25% down on the composite for the NASDAQ. So again, we're seeing pain throughout the market. I'm continuing to buy. I'm continue, continuing to buy stocks at cheap valuations. I think that should be the plan for people with long-term outlooks, not financial advice, just personally what I am doing. Um, but again, I think we're going to look back at this and go, gosh, you know, this was the recession. We have a lot of big people in the space saying, "Look, the economy is doing well, right? We we have very we have more jobs than we have people to fill them right now. We just need to put a hold on inflation, right? Shut that down, or at least try to shut that down with as soft of a landing as we can. Obviously, as we continue to increase rates, so the environment's crazy, but the environment is a stock buyer's right environment. You can find good quality companies at good quality valuations." So go out there and look. Now, moving into the actual, actual news, Tom Brady has agreed to join Fox Sports as the lead NFL game day analyst, of course, when his career is over, because he's not even done playing football. My guess was, when as soon as he announced to retire, Fox Sports probably hit him up like, hey, we got this banger deal for you. Come on over, be an analyst for us. He probably agreed. And then afterwards, they probably went ahead, took a seat back and go, okay, well, you just jumped back into the Buccaneers, right? You're now going to play football again. How is this going to work? He's probably like, let's just run it, right? Let's just keep it going. So you can see here the deal is a 10-year, $375 million contract for Tom Brady. That's more than he's earned playing football um, in the NFL. So a massive deal for him, a massive pickup for Fox Sports. You obviously have some of the other big names leaving Fox. Uh, Let me see here. Al Michaels uh, departing to call Amazon Prime Games. And then you also have uh, Mike Mike Tirico, um, who's coming in having left ESPN. You have Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. That was the one I was looking for joining ESPN, right? So a shuffle around in the space. But Fox picks up a really, really good one uh, there in Tom Brady and obviously a very good football mind as well. So he should be able to think the game as well as talk about the game. But that deal is just crazy. That's the finance really behind it, right? Um, But this is a good pickup for the company as a whole. Now, they try to get these people, uh, these big athletes like Tony Romo and stuff, because they know it's going to draw people from kind of outside of the realm of sports or at least it's just like sports pregame and and sports news and sports entertainment style stuff rather than just the actual game. It's going to pull them from outside the game to watch pregame, watch postgame, watch interviews, things that they normally don't watch. That's going to allow for better viewership or longer viewership, which is going to allow for more advertising dollars sent their way. So it kind of works 
that way for them. Um, actually signing Tom Brady is not going to boost the top or bottom line, but in hopes that it drag attracts more eyeballs and then as a result can help top and bottom lines. That's really the goal for these companies. Now, moving into Disney, like I said, very ironic, but I am headed to Disney soon or because I should say I'm headed to Disney tomorrow. I will have already been in Disney by the time you see this video um, or listen to this podcast. But Doctor Strange released this past weekend, did $185 million just here in the U.S., and then $265 million internationally for a combined global total of $450 million in the first weekend. Now, that ranked up extremely, extremely well. I think it was the second or third best movie to come out so far this year. And while that is a fantastic story for Disney, again, this is what drives Disney's demand as these quality, quality movies. Um, But what I'm looking forward to, both as a consumer and as a shareholder, is what's continued to come out over the course of 2022. It wasn't just this one big one and that was it for the year. Um, That was obviously a very massive one. I know the Bob's Burgers movie is something I've heard talked about, but Lightyear from Pixar, basically a spinoff of Toy Story, kind of following Buzz Lightyear, that's going to be a big, big movie with children, Um, hopefully drag some new children into the space as well. And it's going to be something I think a lot of older people are going to watch too, kind of like a nostalgia factor. But Thor is coming out. They have Black Panther coming out, which is going to draw a lot of eyeballs because of the unfortunate death of Chadwick Boseman, who did have cancer. Um, I went ahead and read this before. Obviously, rest in peace to him. Um, He did a fantastic job in that first movie. I've heard he was sick all throughout the filming of it. So again, um, a fantastic job, but rest in peace. They will not be recasting his role um, kind of as like a sign, right, of honor to him, which is absolutely fantastic. I know that this movie is going to draw a lot of eyeballs because of that. It was a fantastic first movie as well. So, um, you know, a lot of people are going to want to watch the sequel anyway, but I think it is going to bring more eyeballs because of his unfortunate passing. And then in a more positive light, It's been like 10 years or something since the first Avatar came out. They're dropping another Avatar movie. That is going to be just massive. Massive. If if for no other reason, then people are just going to want to see what could they have developed over the last 10 years. Why did it take so long? You're going to have that first weekend of curious people regardless of how good the movie is or is not. They've also said they're going to plan for three more releases, both in 2024, 2026, and 2028. So uh, every two years since or after this drop of this movie, which is good, that's not going to be another 10 years. Um, And hopefully that'll be a continued revenue stream for the company. Now, I'm also assuming at some point uh, we're probably going to get more Avatar-themed stuff, maybe in theme parks, which, again, this is my key point big blockbuster movies which were kind of hushed down during the pandemic because they had to be released on disney plus they don't get the big media attention big dollar amounts like they used to in the news in the media this is what drives disney success at its core you release a good movie you release good merchandise with it you get people to love the characters you get people to want to see the characters you get people on cruises and traveling and buying merch online and going to walt disney world and walt disneyland And now you have Disney's empire all in one. That's the core. The movies and the entertainment are what drives the rest of it. And so for them to have an absolute fantastic lineup coming the rest of this year, and then another a proven success here with Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness, um, 
I'm excited. I am excited for the, the future of Disney. The stock has gotten absolutely beaten down. I think it's in the hundred-ish dollar range, a little under $110. I'm a buyer, really all prices of Disney for the long term. And something like this, after they can continue to innovate with Disney Plus and hopefully get to a point where that is turning a good profit for them and it's not just attracting more eyeballs and build out Hulu, build out, continue to build out ESPN Plus, maybe that dividend comes back for us investors. Now, moving forward to a stock that is not doing super hot, SoFi stock dropped insane today. It, it was, let's just go ahead and pull up the chart. It, it was all over the place today, dropping like 18% at some point. Now it's, let's see, it was down, finished down 12%. It's up 1.9% in after hours. But if you go ahead, take a look at this here. Um, this was around the beginning of today, right around here, if you're watching on the screen. We see this sharp drop, a little bit of an increase, and then earnings comes out. Premature earnings released, and the stock shot down. And when that happened, they had to halt trading at $4.87. This was a penny stock today, and it's still very, very close to a penny stock. Roughly speaking, let's just go ahead and call it a penny stock. For SoFi to be a penny stock... It just crazy. I mean, I've been purchasing this stock since it very first IPO'd. Okay. So I've been buying, I bought in here at 10. I bought in here at 20 something. I bought, I mean, I've been buying the company and I've been riding this wave downwards as well, purchasing shares at these lower prices, dropping my average costs, but it was at $4 and 87 cents. I didn't have enough cash to just pull together and go ahead and buy it. I get paid later this week. So hopefully the stock stays down there and I can buy more. The numbers that came out too were not bad, right? They were not bad numbers. They left a little bit to be hoped for in terms of student loans and the uncertainty that surrounds it. A bit of a, a miss on revenue. You can see here, um, they're now expecting this 330 to 340 million range. It missed that, that top line number with revenue. Um, and it did lose 14 cents per share versus the expected 15 cents, which in all reality is a loss is a loss. Um, but I'm still buying. I mean, we're, we're still seeing growth in user numbers. And, and really, that is what I want to see. Let me see if this is the press release here. Yeah, new member ads of 408,000, new product ads of 689,000, bringing the year over year total nearly 3.9 million members, 5.9 million products. They kind of raised that 2022 guidance, although again, they're looking at that revenue saying, eh, we're not too sure, but I'm just bullish on this company long-term. They have a great product. They're innovative. They're tech first. They're tech focused. The bank product is quality. The credit card offering is quality. The investment product and the robo advising, it's I use it all. I have good firsthand experience. This company is getting smashed by traders, smashed by people who are just out of absolute fear in the market right now with the future of recession and fintech kind of being that one thing that just has been this scapegoat for everybody. I'm long on SoFi. I like the stock. I think the earnings and everything were quality and good. Growth is growth in my personal opinion. As long as we're seeing that growth, I don't have doubts in regards to revenue and everything else. The uncertainty with student loan hurts, but... I'm long on SoFi. The news today that dropped the stock, good. Let's let's keep pushing forward. Let's keep moving. I'm going to continue to acquire shares. Now, yet another company that has been absolutely destroyed recently is Peloton. Now, Peloton did mention that they ran into some massive issues 
in regard to just everything, right? Right. I mean, the company is really a mess. Okay. And, and Barry McCarthy came in, he came over from Spotify. What was the other one that he had Netflix? He was at Netflix and he was at Spotify before coming to Peloton. And like he said, uh, this turnaround is going to be difficult. There's a lot of things that they could quickly address. There's a lot of things they couldn't quickly address, but they have a few key points moving forward. They want to get into the third-party retail sector by selling Peloton products through other businesses. This is good. This needs to happen because if you just have this, we are on our high horse, we are the best, we are Peloton, we are premium, you lose a lot of potential consumers who are just looking for something easy and don't need it to be expensive, premium, and exclusive. Growing the brand is also a good thing. Now, me as someone who is a former athlete, I'm not into these digital app experiences and like getting workouts on your phone. I like to just go to the gym, go for a run, ride the bike at the gym, lift weights. I don't want an app that is like inclusive and I can like join and pay monthly, even if I don't have the the bike or the treadmill, which is really what they're pushing is like we need revenue and, and different opportunities and, and ways to grow the brand of Peloton outside of purchasing a $2,000 bicycle. I just don't know if that's going to really be the thing they think it is. Maybe that's my bias because I don't like it. They want to expand internationally. That's a positive for them, no matter which way you spin it. Now they could flop and I guess that you could spin it that way and it would be negative. But if they can roll out and expand internationally successfully, there's no real downside to doing that other than it flopping and you wasting a lot of time, resources, and energy. They also want to have a pilot where customers pay a flat rate and you can rent the bike and then the access and kind of test out the product maybe before actually purchasing it or maybe you just want to rent it. That's stupid. I don't like that. Um, You don't rent a treadmill or a bicycle before you put it in your home You just know that you want a stationary bicycle. Now you should be able to go into a place to test it out and see if you like the product. And they had their own storefronts, but breaking into third-party retail would be very beneficial for them because now they can just have consumers go to their nearest Dick's and try out the product or go to their nearest sports goods store and try out the product. That is really where um, you should be. They also needed some more cash. So clearly the company is not in a good spot. The one thing I will mention is that because this company is now so cheap, I mean, look at the year chart. Its peaks were 120 some dollars. Is that the peak? What's the peak? $162.72. The stock is $13.55 right now after hours. If you were a buyer at 162.72 and not because of hype, because of actual fundamentals and genuine belief in the business and in the company, you are loving this right now. Now, what you were seeing back in 2021 is not what you're seeing right now. The outlook for the company is not the same. The guidance for the company, not the same. The future potential of the company, in my personal opinion, not the same. This company is now tainted with this story of an absolute mountain. They have built a mountain with their stock. You want to build a slope, right? The incline up to the peak of the mountain. You don't ever want to see the peak though. You've seen the peak in this stock. Could you see a new peak form? 
possibly, possibly in the very, very extended future because this company is in a lot of trouble right now, but that's where good investors make money. If you can spot value in good quality companies when they're extremely beaten down, undervalued, and everyone else says not even a chance of not getting into this company, that's when investors make money. I am not an investor that will be making money on this company. I am personally not interested in in purchasing it. I just don't know too much about the company like I thought I did when I had bought in. I have learned so much buying and selling companies over the last two years. I'm not a trader, but I have gotten into some stocks where I quite simply didn't understand the business. I understand Disney's business. I understand SoFi's business. I understand Waste Management, 3M, and a load of other companies' businesses, but those are simple businesses to understand, simple businesses to wrap your head around, and I'm involved in those worlds, researching in those industries, and so for me, it does make sense, but this one, I I didn't understand. If I'd have bought and held the stock, no bueno, just like I did with Rivian. I bought and held onto Rivian, and I now have less than the value of one share remaining. I bought three shares. I'm down over 70% in my position. So if that doesn't tell you something about getting into industries you don't understand now, I full on knew the risk when I was getting into Rivian. I'm not trying to joke anyone or kid anybody. I had some extra money, $210. I bought three shares at $72 or $78, whatever the price was at the time. And I am down, like I said, to under that 70 odd some dollar mark. I think my position's worth like $66 right now. I'm down massively. Now, Will I be selling the company in order to reallocate that cash, something I've been a huge proponent of? The answer to that question is no, not right now. Why? Because there's so much fear. I'm not going to be buying into the company more because personally, like I said, I don't necessarily understand it, but this will be a hold for me until I start to see actual results from Rivian. There has been some positive news, like we just covered last week with the new factory coming into Atlanta. I wanna see that factory get finished before I add. I wanna see this company rolling out 100,000 vehicles a year before I buy more stock in this company. Um, again, it, not because it's going to be a bad company, not because it is a bad company, not because it's going to be a good, just simply from the standpoint of there's so many unknowns with the stock right now. And I didn't understand the business when I bought the stock. I went in knowing that I didn't understand the electric vehicle or the vehicle business at all. I knew that going in. This was something that was a little bit more passionate. The company kind of makes some cars in Michigan, Ford's investing. It's a competitor. In my personal opinion, it's the coolest looking, coolest EV product that has came out thus far, and they are actually producing it, which is a lot further than so many other companies get. But from the simple standpoint that right now there's so many unknowns, and I don't even know if Rivian's gonna be able to execute on the things they have said, I'm not gonna buy more, and it's not even worth selling. Because what am I gonna get, 66 bucks? Cool, I can roll that into something else, but at the end of the day, $66, personally is just not worth too much to sell the stock when the potential upside could be massive. 
could very well be massive. Like I said, I don't understand the full picture. So I'm just going to hold on to Palantir, Rivian, um, until I see some form of something, some movement, some action in the stock. And maybe that's just further, further, further down. And I'm just like, all right, I'm going to cut my ties completely and just allow my brain space, my mental capacity to be elsewhere. But for the time being, they're worth the $66 and a hundred some dollars of stock that I have in each of those companies to just hold on at the moment. But I will admit to the mistake, but now to the knowledge of understanding not to get into businesses you simply don't understand. So just because Peloton is cheap doesn't mean you should buy it. If you don't understand the business, how they make money, how they lose money and how they plan to make the money. So with all of that being said, that is going to do it for this week in finance. A little bit more personal. Let me know if you enjoyed that down below in the comment section below. I enjoy sharing my opinions on these, but I don't know if you guys like listening to my opinions or if you just want the straight facts with maybe a little tidbit of extra and move on. Let me know down below in the comments. Thank you so much for watching. This next upcoming week, I am back in full force this past week. Everything that you've seen, I've been on vacation. So hopefully all went well on vacation. All the posts went up as normal and that you guys liked them. Thank you very much for liking, commenting, subscribing, and listening. And I will see you all in the next one. Take care.